Well, hey there, Church of the City podcasters. Pastor Matt here. Just wanted to provide a little bit of an introduction to what you are about to hear. This is one of our webinars from our Formation Workshops series. And over the next number of weeks, there's going to be new lectures posted from that series. And so our prayer is that these lectures would be an encouragement to you as you practice the spiritual disciplines in your life to be formed into a disciple of Jesus. So may these lectures bless you and feel free to share these at your leisure. You are loved. Okay, let me give us uh, a little outline for where we are headed uh, this evening in our time together. We're going to quickly do a very, very high level overview of uh, Sabbath in the scriptures, starting in the Old Testament, kind of working our way forward. Um, you, you won't be surprised to hear that will be very high level. Um, and then we're going to switch to our present moment and think about our need for Sabbath uh, in the current moment that we find ourselves in 2021 um, and some of the reasons that some of the obstacles to practicing it. And then lastly, we'll shift to some practical suggestions for Sabbath. And let me just say, I am so excited about this tonight, um, not just because I get to talk more than I have for the other ones, but um, because this has been a transformative, um, significant practice for, for me, for our family. And so uh, I just want to see other people uh, take up this, this habit, this practice. And so I'm really excited to, to get to talk about it tonight. And so if I kind of get, um, you know, just too excited and start running down rabbit trails or talking about stories, forgive me, because it's just, this is something very near and dear to me, um, because it's just been really valuable for us. So this is where we're headed. So let's just jump in. Please feel free, by the way, normally when I'm um, kind of the, you know, the moderator, if you will, and somebody else is presenting, I can keep an eye on the chat or whatever. But Please still, if you have questions, either type them in the chat or just unmute yourself and jump in. That's that's fine too, okay? Um, but we will have a few moments for interaction, uh, for some discussion, and then we will also have some time for questions at the end. All right. As you think about uh, the, the concept of Sabbath in the scriptures, one place that your mind may very well go is this passage in Exodus that's on the screen. This is the Ten Commandments. Um, and it says this, Exodus 20, uh, starting at verse 8. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son, your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who's within your gates. Then this next verse, verse 11, shows us that the origins of Sabbath actually go back further. And some of you will have recognized this already. Verse 11 says, For in the six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So we see from Exodus that the origin of Sabbath goes even further back. So we have to go back further all the way to the creation story. Um, so Genesis chapter two, verses one to three say this. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. 
So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Okay, so just from these two passages, here's a few things that we know. It's pretty, pretty basic, pretty simple. God took a day of rest uh, after finishing the work of creation. It was the seventh day. He blessed that day, made it holy, and then invited the Israelites to follow in his example, to keep the seventh day as this uh, regular rhythm, a day of rest, um, called the Sabbath. And Sabbath just means cease or rest. And that's why Sabbath for Jewish people is practiced on Saturday, the seventh day. And so it's, if only it were that simple, right? It would be easy to say, great, like that's, that's enough to, to work from, to go, to go off of. Um, and yet, if you have any familiarity with this concept, you know that it's not that simple. Different, you know, Christian denominations, Jewish peoples practice this, and there's all sorts of other things that go along with it. So how do we get from this, which is fairly straightforward, to some of those um, more complicated realities? Well, some of it, some of the clarification and building out of the Sabbath comes throughout the rest of the Old Testament. Um, so I'll just give some examples. These won't be on the screen, but uh, later on in Exodus, in chapter 31, we see that God takes the day of Sabbath so seriously that he says that anyone who, who profanes the Sabbath or does work on that day should be put to death. So quite a serious uh, concept or principle um, in the mind of God. We see in the book of Leviticus that uh, the practice of keeping the Sabbath would go from evening to evening, something that you might be familiar that Jewish peoples practice the Sabbath starting on Friday evening and going until Saturday evening. Uh, We see, and this was alluded to in Exodus, but we see that Sabbath is to be a rest for the Israelites, but also for the Gentiles in their midst. And actually it's to extend to creation as well, like the animals and even the earth. And one sort of aspect or one point that's made about Sabbath in the Old Testament that I find particularly interesting uh, comes in Lamentations. I'll read the, the verse for us. Lamentations 2 verse 6. It says, He has laid waste his booth like a garden, laid in ruins his meeting place. So we already get the sense that these, this is one of the passages talking about what punishments, what consequences are befalling the nation of Israel for their rebellion. But it goes on. The Lord has made Zion forget festival and Sabbath, and in his fierce indignation has spurned king and priest. I find that so interesting because we would probably think exclusively of the breaking or forgetting of Sabbath as part of what got the Israelites in trouble. And certainly other passages point to that. But here in Lamentations, we see that it's also part of the punishment that they're going to forget this day that was meant to be for their good, for their rest. And so if we were to summarize big picture, um, again, a, a real broad summary of what the Old Testament teaches about this day, we could, we could just go with two principles, really. Uh, the Sabbath is a day set apart for the worship of God, and it's for the rest and recreation of Israel, but was to also be this invitation extended to foreigners and really all creation as well. So again, though, though that's a very broad, high-level overview, that's still fairly straightforward, right? And so how do we get all these sort of complicated uh, restrictions and regulations as part of 
what it means to practice the Sabbath, some of the things that it seems like Jesus was pushing against at times. Well, a lot of these came in what we call the intertestamental period, the, the period of time from when the last books of the Old Testament were written to uh, when Jesus came on the scene and the Gospels. Um, and so let me just give you some of these, some of these restrictions that came during that time. And, and as if, if you're uh, following along with our uh, sermon series right now, Matt talked about how when it came to the tradition around divorce, this was often through sort of long-standing conversations um, that different uh, Jewish groups would have and kind of build um, sort of teaching around the core teachings of the Old Testament. And that's what happened with Sabbath. So some of the things that were developed around the practice of Sabbath were, were these. You couldn't walk any further than a thousand cubits on the Sabbath. Don't ask me how far that is, but it's a limit on how far you can walk. Uh, you can't uh, draw water into any vessel. You can't wear perfume. You can't open a sealed vessel. And it was also during this time that the practice of Sabbath was kind of pared down or limited um, to just the Israelites. There was no longer that, um, that sort of uh, extension made or invitation made to foreigners or sojourners, as I think the passage in, in Exodus said. And many of these things persist and have even been kind of further developed all the way to today. Um, this is just a little intentional rabbit trail that we'll take for just a second. Um, one of these sort of extra restrictions um, for Jewish peoples around the Sabbath is that you can't carry something from the domestic sphere into the public sphere. Okay, so you can't leave your apartment uh, carrying your wallet and your keys. You can't even like push a stroller down the sidewalk for, for strictly observant Jews. But this kind of concession or this sort of workaround was made and it's called an Aruv. And an Aruv is a symbolic enclosure that extends the private sphere into the public. So you might be saying like, what, what does that mean? And again, this is just a tiny little rabbit trail, but I think it's interesting. Um, how this looks practically is for, um, I think around 200 cities, uh, I was just reading about this uh, today, I'd heard about it before, but around 200 cities around the world, there's essentially just like a, a thin, thin wire, okay, which is this A-roof, and I have a picture of the one that surrounds the whole island of Manhattan, and this wire function as this symbolic way of extending the domestic sphere into the public such that, you know, a, a family of observant Jews living, you know, in Manhattan isn't stuck in their apartment for the whole day of Sabbath. They can go out, go for a walk, uh, you know, to the park, for example, with their, with their kids, um, done by this, this A-roof, this extension, in order to keep these extra sort of um, restrictions or guidelines around the Sabbath. But so going back, these, many of these things were developed in this intertestamental period. So then what does Jesus have to say about these things? Well, if you spent time in the Gospels, you know that he pushed against this concept of Sabbath often and in different ways. And we could spend the whole rest of our time talking about just that. But he makes one statement that I think can kind of function as the summary for his perspective on Sabbath. And it's Mark 2, 27. It says, he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. 
And this really clarifies two things about Jesus' perspective on Sabbath, along with all the other interactions that he had around it. And those two things are, are this. Sabbath regulations, as they were being interpreted and sort of, um, you know, kind of further built out by the Pharisees, had lost the intent of the Sabbath prescribed in the Old Testament. Therefore, from Jesus' perspective, the rules that they observed were, were human rules, not God's rules, and they were able to be broken. And we see him do that at certain moments for sure. Secondly, Jesus was clarifying that the Sabbath proclaimed at creation was intended to serve mankind as a holy day, giving blessing and observing God's rest and restoration. So again, that's a, that's a very high level summary of how Jesus kind of approached and, and clarified the purpose of this day. And so then just quickly, let's talk about for just a moment here, how the early church kind of continued this tradition and sort of shaped it a little bit differently. Initially, actually, Christians uh, generally kept observing the Sabbath on Saturday. I think sometimes we think that of, you know, Christianity as this, you know, it was like immediately seen as this new religion. Um, And that wasn't entirely the case at first. Um, In many ways, it was viewed as this subset or this like kind of um, yeah, just sort of subdivision of Judaism. And it was only sort of slowly over time that it became its own distinct faith. Um, and, you know, people recognize there's something different. This is a different thing. And it was sort of through the course of that transition that uh, Christians' observance of the Sabbath shifted to Sunday. And if we were to point to two big reasons behind that, um, they would certainly be uh, res- the resurrection, um, which happened on a uh, Sunday, and also Pentecost, which took place on a Sunday. And actually, when we look at Paul, um, some things that he said, for example, um, Romans chapter 14, I'll just read two verses for us. He says, one person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. So Paul seems to not really be too concerned about what day we observe it uh, at all, really. Um, And so, yes, it shifted primarily to Sunday, um, but that didn't happen right away for sure. Okay, that is a very quick sort of scriptural overview of this day. So let's shift now and think for a few minutes. And here we're going to have some interaction, some discussion about Sabbath today. and. Um, the current moment that we find ourselves in. And so I'm going to pose a question and I'd love to hear your thoughts. The question is, what are some of the obstacles to us existing in this culture that we live in to practicing Sabbath um, faithfully? Anything. This can be anything. It's a very broad question, obviously. Feel free to unmute and throw out an idea. Just a general way that uh, the world and the church have gone saying oh well we're not under the law anymore so we can work whenever and yeah i think related to that spence um because because we're not super like hard on practicing sabbath it's it's an awkward thing to practice sabbath as a community because everybody within a community can tend to have their own idea of what um 
what a God honoring Sabbath looks like. So hard to kind of have uh, the kind of solidarity or sort of mutual encouragement in it. Is that what I'm hearing? Like, yeah, yeah. For the kind of the sake of momentum, almost hard to do when everybody's kind of doing a different thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think another difficulty with it, just within our current church culture, is that generally our church leadership, like they don't practice Sabbath on the, the day, on Sunday, which would be the day that the rest of your community would practice. So it's hard to lead out in something that you do in a different time. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I, I, I like to be careful and, you know, not flippant in my criticisms of churches or church leaders, but I, I feel comfortable saying that I think church leaders are some of the worst at practicing Sabbath generally, actually. Um, and, and, you know, this is, that's not to kind of puff myself up because this is a very new, you know, only in the last two or three years that we've really started to take this seriously for our family. But yeah, that's a good point. Becky. So then that's, a, that would be another barrier. Yeah, like yeah. it's hard, it's hard to like get your um, congregation or community to do something that your leaders are aren't, like, aren't doing or modeling. Yeah. Yeah. Our son, uh, our eldest son, when he was very small, uh, he said, I don't want to be a pastor because I don't want to work on Sunday. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I'm, I'm in this with you Spence cause we're, you know, we've been practicing it together and, and learning together, but it's honestly inconvenient at times to practice Sabbath. Like it's, it's inconvenient because there's only so many days of the week and you've got little kids. And if you also work, then there's only so many days that you can do laundry or yard work or, or things that, you know, might be might feel like work and so I know it's easy for me to go well I I know it's Sabbath but I just I have to do this one little thing just one little thing (laughs) but there's always going to be one little thing to get done so it yeah it's just it's inconvenient at times to to rest and stop I know I found it difficult to have a set Sabbath because um because it automatically excludes us from being able to take part in certain things. Like if, if we tried to do it on Saturdays or Sundays, the number of times there's weddings or all sorts of things that people want to do on weekends in particular um, and trying to balance or figure out what it should be in terms of um, when to step back from those things and when to do them anyways. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I, so I had three things and a lot of what was said was captured in these. The first, and we, this, we didn't touch on, but we talked about this in our last formation workshop. If you were here, um, when we talked about silence and solitude, um, we had a brief conversation about, you know, um, what is people's kind of fear about silence and solitude? And I think it was Matt that said, you know, some, some of us at times, probably all of us at times are, a little bit afraid if we, whether we realize it or not, if we slow down and are kind of quiet with our thoughts, like what, what we're going to discover there. <laughs> and I think that at times applies to Sabbath. Um, yeah, I had uh, Denise, um, your point that, uh, yeah, there's this, sometimes this association of Sabbath with kind of like a legalism and, and you touched on that, Eliza as well. 
Um, I, I, for a long time, so growing up, I grew up in a pastor's house and uh, Saturday or Sunday afternoons were this period where, you know, we kind of shut down and had quiet and the kids had to go and nap. And when you're, you know, like 10 on a Sunday afternoon, you want to be out playing. And so I resented Sabbath for years. I was like, I'm not going to make my kids do this. Um, but I just, yeah, it was it, for me at that point, it was like, this is just, you know, we don't have to do this. Um, but yeah, certainly for some associated with a, a kind of a legalism. And then lastly, and I don't think we really touched on this, but um, I think this is big and this isn't just Christians, but our culture, we associate so closely who we are with what we do. And if we take whole periods of time where we're not doing anything, then our identity takes kind of a hit or we struggle to kind of keep hold of who we are. Initially, when we started practicing Sabbath, Sam and I, and somebody would say, oh, you know, how was your weekend? Naturally, if you take a whole day where you do nothing, your weekend, you accomplish a lot less in the weekend. And I would feel kind of this internal scrambling to think of what can I say that, that we did? You know, I have to be able to kind of point to a project that I was working on or like this kind of grand thing that we did as a family. And it took me a while to kind of lay that down. Like, and so now I'm comfortable saying a whole lot of nothing, um, didn't do much. Um, and, and those are some of the best weekends in my mind. Um, you know, oftentimes there's on either end of Sabbath, there's things that you're doing, but, um, yeah, we, as a culture associate so, so much who we are with what we do. Um, and so Sabbath kind of pushes against that. And so the next question I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on, and this is obviously very closely connected to the last one, but is why is this a valuable practice for us today? I think Spencer in the last, uh, the last formation workshop, um, Dave was talking about how, you know, our culture is, we have so much thrown at us all the time. And so we're the most entertained culture of any time. And, and so because of that, we just have this, constant desire to be entertained and we don't know how to rest we don't know how to just sit still um and so I think the value in that is that Sabbath is so countercultural. and if we're being called to be countercultural, then and be going against the grain of culture then what better thing to do than to Sabbath you know with all of the stuff that's out there about you gotta hustle and you gotta blah, 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 blah all these things that are so a, so anti the Bible, but we fall into believing those things and believing that, you know, we have to do all these things and we have to be, especially even like there's lots of moms on this call, you know, that feeling of having to be super mom and do all the things and have it all together. And, you know, that's what our culture is teaching us. Um, so to, I think a benefit of Sabbath is because it's countercultural and it teaches us how to rest because we don't, our culture doesn't know how to do that. I think it, it also is, um, it's like a, a, there's a humility in it that I think it teaches us like that, well, one, the world is going to go on whether we're working or not. I think yep. that's one thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, I think we can have this, this sense sometimes that if I don't do it, like who's going to do it or, you know, and, and also, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's an element, there's an element of trust 
that like, okay, God, like if this is what you're commanding me to do, then I, it must be possible for me to get all the things that you've called me to do done in the other six days. And so I'm going to trust you or I'm going to have to let some stuff go. Like, well, and which is also an element of trust, I think. As I've been thinking about Sabbath over the past couple of years, I think there's something incredibly powerful about one day of seven. You don't, you don't go far. You don't consume much. And um, you don't burden the earth. Like, and I, I still haven't completely figured out how like I can live this out with a clear conscience. I had, again, three things, but much of this was captured in what was said. Um, I think first Sabbath is, uh, provides a rest in a time where it, it, it provides a moment for quality rest, which is incredibly important because Never have we had less uh, quantity of rest. Do you follow what I'm saying? For many of us, we don't turn, you know, we check our emails in the evenings. Um, You know, we're available a lot, Um, you know, can get, for some, can get called into work at brief moments. And so if we can be faithful with the Sabbath, it provides a time for quality rest um, when we can't always ensure that we're going to have a large quantity of it. Um, second of all, it's a, it is a resistance. It's a resistance, you know, as we talked about to our culture, here's this great quote that I read in my prep for this. It said in a society addicted to the twin drugs of accomplishment and accumulation, the Sabbath is an act of resistance. I thought that was so good. The twin drugs of accomplishment and accumulation. I think that's part of what Cam was speaking to this idea that we just always need to be consuming and moving and going places and um and that no actually like we can have a day where we let the ground rest you know as the as the scriptures talk about and then uh yeah also this oh and also it's it's a resistance um of our egos as well um as as was talked about some some of you talked about this um yeah if some part of you believes that if you shut off for a full day that your work is going to melt down or your family is not going to survive like you need to push back against that right and sabbath is a great antidote for those uh for those feelings um yeah let's now shift um and talk about some practicalities so uh how to begin to practice this So Pete Scazzaro has done some great writing around Sabbath um, in all of his emotionally healthy stuff. Um, And he talks about four um, principles or characteristics that we need to try and integrate into uh, Sabbath. So those four things are stop. Um, In other words, Sabbath, you know, obviously is the day where we cease work, both paid and unpaid as much as we possibly can. Um, So that means, yeah, Sabbath is not the day to catch up on bills and, uh, you know, all the laundry and all these other things. So you get to the day just as spent as if you were working. Um, It's meant to be a break from your usual rhythms and routines. Rest, you know, is obvious. We need rest. Um, And yet I would I would argue that rest does not always mean, you know, sleeping in, then having a nap, then going to bed early. Right. We can 
there are ways to be active and have rest, I, I would argue. We have to find the balance there for sure. Um, but Sabbath should be characterized by rest, but also delight. I think this sometimes, at least in this sort of caricatures of Sabbath, this is probably what gets left out. Um, Sabbath is, I mean, part and parcel with that original rest that God took was this idea that he looked at his creation and said, man, this is very good. This is good. Like what, what I've done here. And so the rest had this kind of celebration, celebratory reality to it. And I think that's meant to be the case for our Sabbaths as well, that they're meant to be uh, a time of delight in creation and the world around us. Um, lastly, contemplate. Certainly there is meant to be uh, an aspect where we are pondering the love of God um, in Sabbath. So those four characteristics. So now you're going to hear me kind of do a sort of brain dump on building some of these things out in the ways that Sam and I have seen this sort of work itself out in the practice of Sabbath. Um, when we look at these four things, stop, rest, delight, and contemplate, uh, it's obvious that Sabbath is going to require commitment and some planning. Um, doing this every week, and I really think that if you're going to get the benefits of Sabbath, you have to do it on this rhythm and really ideally every single week. Um, but here's the thing with that, that requires a, a great deal of commitment, but it also gives this wonderful freedom. Here's what I mean. If we kind of follow the world's pattern for when we rest, which is like work, 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 uh, take a couple of days off, you know, go away, work, 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 uh, you know, family day. So you get the day off, work, 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 vac summer vacation. And there's no built-in regular rest. What happens is those little pockets of time that we do uh, get to take off, so much gets invested into those times and they need to, and they have to accomplish so much for us, right? It has to be this really rejuvenating time, but also we expect to have like a great time. You know, we want to have some amazing memories because who knows when we're going to get a break again. And those little pockets become so heavily invested and we need to get so much out of it that it can actually create a great deal of pressure. Whereas if we commit to a regular rest, it actually provides this great freedom. One of kind of earlier on in this practice of Sabbath for Sam and I, we, we looked ahead and we said, let's do a hike tomorrow. And I had a spot picked out and, uh, and we went, had this hike and our kids were crabby the whole time. Um, some of you who have young kids will know that hikes are a real hit and miss. Um, and uh, they were grumpy the whole time. And I found myself thinking like, this day is ruined. Um, you know, here goes this day off that we had together as a family and all we get is grumpiness. And then I had the thought like, you know what? We can do another hike seven days from now. Uh, we can find another spot and maybe it'll be, you know, not quite as hot and the kids will be in a better mood. And that was a really freeing thought. All of a sudden, I was a lot less upset that they were not as happy as I wanted them to be because I knew that that rest was going to come going to come again in one week's time. So that does require commitment, though, and it does require planning. As Sam said, there's an element of inconvenience to it. Um, you you know you need to look and say, oh shoot, we are running out of groceries. Um, let's try and do that before Sabbath starts. Um, either you're going to go hungry during your Sabbath or, you know, you'll end up having to run out to the store. So you got to think about some of those things in advance. 
I would really recommend, if you can, doing an evening to an evening. And the reason that I've that we've found that so life-giving is there's something really amazing about going to bed and waking up with knowing that nothing is being asked of you, that you're not waking up immediately into a commitment. Like that's a really freeing thing. Um, and so I would highly recommend starting at an evening and going to an evening. I think, um, you know, all of the scriptures and much of church history got that right. And we don't need to stray from it if that's at all possible for you. Um, I'd encourage you to make a plan for your devices for Sabbath. Um, and that might be different for each person. Um, I'll, I'll be honest and say that I'm still a little more attached to my phone on a Sabbath than I'd like to be. I'm not checking work emails, but, you know, I just find myself picking it up. And I think I want a day where I'm not doing this at all. Sam's doing a much better job of that than me right now. Um, but make some sort of plan for what's going to happen with your electronics that day. And then think intentionally about how you're going to invite God into your Sabbath. What are you going to do? Maybe it's a longer stretch of time in the scriptures um, at some point during that day. Um, for us, one thing that we've started doing, and this is newer for us, um, but you're getting a peek behind the curtain here. Uh, Friday nights are our Sam and I's date night. And so we love getting takeout. We're just, we're obsessed with takeout. We would do that every day of the week if we could. Um, so we get takeout once the kids are in bed, because, you know, who needs them around? Um, and so dinner with the boys, we're not usually eating. And so recently I was like, why don't we really hone in on, you know, a little longer devotional. And so we read from the Jesus storybook Bible and have a little time of like talking with them about that and, and prayer together. And those have become rich times. So that's just one thing that we do on our Sabbath to, um, contemplate God a little bit more fully than we can the rest of the week. Um, so what I want us to do now uh, is this part of, and we've kind of touched on this throughout, um, part of Sabbath, I would argue is figuring out for yourself what the, um, Pete Scazzaro calls it the container is, um, I kind of like boundary. What's the boundary of your Sabbath? In other words, what are the things that are going to be a part of that period of time because they're life giving to you? And what are the things that shouldn't be a part of that period of time because they're, you know, life draining or toilsome for you. Um, and those, that doesn't mean for either side of that boundary, that's not really the same as good or bad, right? You know, there might be things that are toilsome for you that are good things, um, that maybe you should take a break from, um, you know, so, so, I'd like us to take a few minutes. I'll, I'll set a timer and maybe we'll take three minutes. And I would just actually love you to grab a pen and paper if you can, or do something on your device or whatever, where you just start kind of those two columns. If I were going to take Sabbath seriously, what would I need to stop doing um, for that period of time? And what would I want to spend my time doing? I'll just give you because um, why not? A few examples for, for us. Sam and I said, we find dishes toilsome. And so for all day, for 24 hours, the dishes pile up. And you know, if you have children, that that makes for a lot of dishes. Um, but we've just decided to let that happen. And it's kind of led to some interesting discussions when people have seen them. And we've said, we're not, you know, slobs or anything. This is a reflection of our Sabbath. Um, 
and we're probably Slavs in other ways, but um, I, we have with Sam working two jobs, me having a full ministry calendar, we have to plan a lot, you know, when's this going to happen? When's that going to happen? I, well, probably both of us find that a little bit draining. And so we like to say for those 24 hours, we're going to just be in that day as much as we can and not be planning or scheduling. We're just going to be in that day and enjoy it. And then lastly, again, this isn't a bad thing, but whenever I'm reading like a theology book, I find myself shifting into pastoral mode. Like where, where, where should I be using this for ministry? And so I've realized that on the life-giving side, I should just be reading fiction. I love fantasy books that are like so big you could murder somebody with it um, by, you know, dropping it on them. Um, Those are the kinds of books that I love to read. And those are the books that I read on Sabbath. Um, I don't mind raking leaves. I actually find that really therapeutic. So I'll let myself do that on a Sabbath. Um, And then we love to go for a hike or I love bike rides, stuff like that. So I would love you to take, we'll do three, three minutes, four minutes. We'll do four minutes. We've got some time. Um, start to make these columns for yourself. Um, thinking of those four things, right? Uh, stop, rest, delight, contemplate, and begin to make this, these columns for yourself. And then we'll jump back in. And I'd love to hear any, any kind of interesting ones that you came up with, either things that you need to stop doing um, or things that you love to do that you find life-giving that should be a part of your Sabbath. Something I wanted to say quickly, I meant to say it earlier and forgot, but it's important, I think, is that uh, I said Sabbath requires commitment and planning. But I recognize that for some, Sabbath will also require a degree of faith. And what I mean by that is I recognize that it's a reflection for me personally, for our family, of sort of the place of privilege that we occupy in the world that... um, you know, there's no, I'm not having to turn down a shift or, um, you know, risking my employment in any way in order to take a Sabbath. But for others, there's some weightier decisions that might have to go into this, that uh, in order to take Sabbath seriously is going to require an element of faith. Um, So I just wanted to say that um, I still think it's worth it. I still think it's worth it for what it can mean for your own heart and soul and for what it can communicate, as we've already said, to the world around you. Um, But I just thought that was important to to note. So I'd love to hear any of the things that you put on your list that that maybe surprised you or would surprise some of us perhaps. Um, Or we can also just transition to any questions or thoughts that you have more generally as well. So anybody feel free to chime in. Um, for us, we do no screens. Um, so that is something that's life-giving for us. And it usually like helps us like rather than like crashing and watching a movie or something, it like kind of gives us a push to be outside or do some more quality family time, whether that's like a board game or a puzzle or whatever. And then for me, definitely high on my toilsome list is making dinner. So I do not do that on my Sabbath. (laughs) Okay. There you go. It's good that you, you know, have thought about it enough to recognize that for this day, I want a break from that. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Well, I think for us, one of the things, I mean, we've tried to actually implement Sabbath a number of times 
I've thought about it a lot. And I would love to do it. Two of the biggest hurdles we face, because it looks differently every time we try it again, it's like trying a new workout program and <laughs> bailing after a week because you're not seeing 10 pound results. But, you know, um, I think one of them is that James is on shift work. That makes it really difficult to maintain a Sabbath when you're like, well, this week it's on a Thursday. Oh, but the kids are school. Next week it's on a Sunday. Well, the week after it's just, that is actually, and then you're sort of put in a predicament of, are we doing it without him? Which anyway, so there's that, which needs to be figured out. And the other probably more significant thing is that I, you know, whenever someone says, what do you want for your birthday or Christmas? I say, I want a clean house. Not like I want the bathrooms cleaned. I want the house top to bottom clean all at the same time. Cause that is when I'm able to rest. And so that's what I want. So when it comes to Sabbath, like the two days leading up to it, I'm just like this hysterical, horrendous person. <laughs> and that's just not, it's not, it's not worth it in terms of being obedient to God's not worth it, but I make everyone so, you know, horrendously stressed out and myself with this pressure of everything has to be washed and cleaned and shining and the laundry, all the laundry has to be done. And so I think for me, it's about expectations similar to yours in terms of um, if people are miserable on the Sabbath, it doesn't change the fact that we're being obedient to God and resting on that day. Um, but letting go of expectation of what it needs to look like. I think it's more about surrendering. I had not fully formed this thought as I started talking. That's a problem. I think about surrendering my idea of rest and realizing, and I think the whole point of it is resting, um, in the Lord and finding that rest of my time with him and not in how many things I've accomplished leading up to it, mm-hmm. how clean the house is. And so I think that was, that was a little bit of a moment that I had there making that list of things that I knew, but hadn't really connected the dots. Yeah. And you make, you, you bring up a great point when we let go of Sabbath as something that, you know, we've rightly recognized that God asks us to do this, but when we let go of it as something, um, you know, that we're required to do to earn anything from God, I think it gives it, gives us the freedom to allow it to be a process. Like, you know, it's, it's so using your examples, you know, you might start and, you know, you're doing a little bit of cleaning, you know, just because, you know, if you don't, as you said, everybody else is going to suffer <laughs> or something, you know, but you say, this isn't where I want to end up, but this is where I'm at right now. Um, you know, and so you hold this vision of, you know, trying to grow into it, but recognizing that you got to, you know, you're going to start somewhere. And it's, it's looking back, it's been a huge evolution for us as we've gone. Um, so yeah, I, I would say, you know, that's, yeah, you're, you're thinking in the right direction for sure. But thanks for sharing all that. Yeah. I think part of it too, is I think when we look at it through a gospel lens, Sabbath is supposed to bring us to the heart of God and God's character. So would like, he's not our boss, right? So like a good father wouldn't make their child work and go to school and do chores and like not cease, right? Like he would give them room to play and delight in creation and delight in the gifts that he's giving. So I think a lot 
like what simplifies it for me is like the heart posture. Am I giving myself a break because I feel like I deserve it? Like, like, well, I just, like, I did all my chores yesterday. I deserve to sit on the couch and watch something. Or is it like, wow, God, like you gave me this gift today where I can do this. And I think if, if we have that as the foundation of it, where we're getting like everything we do in that day brings glory to God. I think that's what he wants. Like when you think of Adam and Eve in the garden on that first Sabbath, they were probably just looking around, discovering animals going like, Whoa, you are amazing. Like, and not having to tend to anything and just picking fruit off trees. Like, obviously it's different now, but, and there are those little nitpicky things that we want to make sure we're not placing our work on other people so that we are free of it. But I think if we're giving the glory to God for the gifts he's giving us that day, like, I think that is his desire. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I kind of think about during our Sabbath. Thank you for, uh, thank you for joining us in this conversation tonight. And, and as I think the, the end of our conversation has highlighted, this has only scratched the surface um, for sure. And, uh, but listen, like, as I, I, I was really meaning what I said, that this is something that, that I'm passionate about. And so, you know, if you want to continue this dialogue, not that I have all the answers by any stretch of how to do this perfectly. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's been a helpful thing for us and something we're continuing to pursue. So I'd love to continue the conversation outside of uh, this time if, if that would be a, of benefit to you.